Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, Maltopians. We were unable to record this week's sleep-wake cycle episode. However, we do have a wonderful substitute, a story from our Patreon series, Tales of Maltopia. Specifically, we will be showcasing our kaiju story, Metadevil. We hope you enjoy, and thank you for understanding. Like many horrible things, I am a man. When scientists finally broke through the fourth wall of reality, into the metaverse, as they called it, they couldn't help but play God yet again. The new handhold on reality gave them an arrogance like nothing before, and in short order the fields of quantum mechanics and general relativity fell away to make room for occult engineering. The new science revealed the soul's composition, allowing for its manipulation, augmentation, and complete perversion. The abject science of fallen angels, to be sure. Being a man of society, I was curious and greedy, wanting to keep step with the new age, perhaps even exceeded by a stride or two. My standing as a highly decorated military officer allowed me to become a metanaut, one of the few souls brave enough, or stupid enough, to volunteer for a bioetheric makeover. The occult engineers, sometimes charmingly referred to as nether mechanics, had just recently discovered how to combine higher dimensional elements with the very fabric of the soul, allowing for the creation of novel and superior forms of life. At least, that's what they believed. Apparently, only a conscious entity's soul could survive the bonding process, and so a test subject, a guinea pig, was required. I was selected out of thousands of applicants for the procedure, but at the end of the day, even the fittest of fools is still no more than a fool. After the proverbial switch was flipped, and my body was to become the first ever bioetheric construct, there was an ungodly exchange of alien energies and a subsequent explosion that made the one at Tungusta look like a firecracker. Lucky for the Earth, the blast was contained to outermost space, upon a distant space station far from prying eyes. I remember a surging coldness, and watching strange lights fall across the face of the void, fireworks to commemorate the end of all things. And at some point, I heard the distinct sound of footsteps approaching from below, as if climbing up a long flight of steps. Strangest of all, I heard an enormous whisper, as if a being of unfathomable size had placed its lips to my ear. All it said was, What a wicked song you shall make. I awoke in a smoking crater deep within the earth, miles wide. When I stood, my head broke through the black ceiling of roiling clouds that piled from innumerable fires, my shadow plunging the world beneath an avalanche of choking darkness. 
Turning into the burning light, I beheld myself. I had become a thing of breathless nightmare. All spiraling horns and dripping claws and hooked tooth maws. I had the look of a thing caught between the absurdities of a dragon, a man, and a devil. From every corner of my body swelled great infusions of biologic armor, cold with a lusterless tinge of grayest iron, yet creaturely in contour. Bladed and barbed tails lashed from my sacrum spine. Parts of my skin had distended and thinned, giving me the appearance of wearing the tatters of a long black cloak that swept down from my spiked shoulders, flowing and curling regardless of the wind. Lastly, above my head, a black halo, burning quiet and sorrowful. I tried to speak, but only a blast from hell left my mouth, splitting the already ruined earth and whipping the billowing smoke into unwholesome shapes. All I wanted was to wake up, to be healed, taken care of. I rushed towards the first signs of civilization I came upon. A large city that emerged in the quivering heat distorted distance, and the earth shook and split beneath the incalculable weight of my monstrous gait. I was received by armies. Tanks and jets drew their weapons upon me. Even orbitable artillery targeted me from the heavens. Reality seemed to buckle beneath the strain of the moment. A monster from beyond the pale, an idoline of the impossible, standing beneath the revealing rays of the sun in full view. After the strange moment had concluded, the collection of war machines washed me in wave after wave of fire. Yet after each iteration of would-be annihilation, the smoke cleared, and I loomed unscathed. At first I fled the attacks, though they could do nothing to harm me. I wanted only to be saved, understood, but each time I begged for help, my voice only injured the world, inciting more and more violence. The cycle repeated interminably, and my mind began to crack beneath the impossibility of it all. At my wit's end, if not my sanities, I stood my ground against the pursuing hordes of killing machines. Slowly, I began to realize a surge of energy building somewhere both beyond and within me, demanding release. I felt the coil of deathly spirits embrace me, rushing across a great gulf between worlds, a pit of unhallowed depth. It came from my mouth, the power, the annulling requiem for the passing of the world. It blazed the ghostly pale of funeral dreams and howled like cast-out angels tumbling beyond heaven, beautiful and damned. I looked upon the world through my death song, where it fell upon the silenced earth, gray and ashen. Even the light from above turned the color of corpses. My pallid song had killed everything, and within the gathering darkness of the murdered daylight, I disappeared. Only the greatest depths of the sea offered me a chance at solitude, so I took to exploring its secret reaches with a desperate enthusiasm. Sunken wonders rose to me unbidden and unapologetic, and I was reminded of that first reality-bending moment when the world first looked upon me. Here were ruined cities, titan and alien, and creatures the likes of which no human had ever witnessed. It was like stalking the surface of an alien world, deep beneath a molten sky of endless black. I was privy to the secret wonders of creation, and yet I could share my discoveries with precisely no one. 
Despite all the power I possessed, the strength that allowed me to overcome all obstacles, it was sheer emptiness that proved the most difficult burden to bear. Thus, it wasn't long before my hopeless quest for salvation became a desperate bid for death. Occasionally, I would emerge from the ocean depths, if only to look upon the sun in a clean blue sky that did not ripple or shimmer. Mostly, I came ashore to allow men the opportunity to kill me. Necessity is the mother of invention, so they say, and I'd hope my constant harrowing of their cities might spur the creation of a weapon that would see it done. Despite the many cities I left dying in my wake, despite the thousands of lives I took to fuel man's industry, they failed each and every time to eliminate me, and I'd return to the sea, devastated yet unscathed. It was during one of these meandering attempts at suicide that I caught the strangest sight. The city I'd come to harass was already aflame. Its many skyscraping structures smashed, curling tongues of black smoke licking at the sky, a broken army of men and machines mangled and scattered. I wandered the burning lanes of the city, pondering the cause of its devastation. Even I had not destroyed anything so completely. As I carefully eyed the ruins, there appeared a terrible attention and precision worked into the slaughter, a wanton cruelty that went far beyond my casual killing. The destruction itself was wrought by no power I could retrace from the brutal chaos of twisted, fused remains of man and metal and concrete and glass. It was as if some sort of cosmic confusion had overtaken the city, allowing one object's intrusion into another observing neither material nor philosophical boundaries. Yet the placement of the effect suggested a hateful guidance, which implied some level of active intelligence. Despite my finely tuned senses, I could find nothing that continued to draw breath, save for the fires themselves, crawling through the streets and buildings, gnawing at the small bits of combustible gristle that still clung to the city's charred bones. After a few moments of fruitless searching, I heard a great commotion from the sky. A massive detachment of heavily armed zeppelins broke through the thick curtains of smoke, their bloated metal bellies reflecting the fires burning below, the wail of gigantic engines propelling them forward. I'd seen their kind before, naturally. Their massive, oversized rail cannons were hard to forget, firing nearly continuously, chewing everything in their path to smoking mulch. Only a few of the floating metal beasts turned their spotlights upon me, exposing me within a bright pyramid of bluish light, their electromagnetic weaponry whining as they powered up. The remaining gunships pressed their lights to the ground, apparently searching for something else. My curiosity at the vehicle's strange behavior stilled me, as I didn't want to draw their fire until I understood what was happening. It took only a few moments for the cause to reveal itself. An invisible force overtook the zeppelins, all at once and in spectacular fashion. The craft were drawn together by means of a superior gravity field, crushing them all into the same space, their constricting metal guts hemorrhaging fire and smoke as they compressed further into a single sphere of concentrated death. The screams of metal and man fused, sound merging into light, combining with matter, becoming a singularity of soul and steel and fire. The radiant energy of the resulting fusion shone like a star standing upon the earth, its burning light sweeping across the burning body of the city, 
evaporating metal and stone alike. Suddenly the star became a comet, howling down from the heavens straight at me. I didn't bother to move. The world became the brightest light I'd ever known. Unbelievably, I was taken from my feet. Through tenement building after skyscraper I sailed, towers crashing down in my wake, thunder chasing me across the sky. I came to rest against the cracked stone of a blasted cathedral, the earth still trembling from the impact, fire and smoke outlining the trajectory of my passage. But most importantly, I felt the blow. For the first time since my transformation, I felt pain. Anger replaced fear, as the sting of the attack still surged the span of my body. My mounting rage empowered me beyond previous heights, as if my petty self-loathing had retarded my truest calling, to become a fully realized monster. The transformation of my mind was swift and complete, finally reaching equilibrium with the transmutation of my body, and within moments, I was nearly a whole devil. I rose from the glowing ashes as a new being, my death-lit eyes burning beyond the surrounding conflagration, seeking out my attacker. My sight slithered through the debris, finally alighting upon what seemed the shadow of a mountain peak, frolicking the thickets of splintered skyscrapers and their smoking foliage. Once the thing realized it had been discovered, it stood stone still, its shape melting out of the deepening night, pouring into a mold of cooling nightmare. Its skull of semi-denuded flesh surmounted a body of weeping, babbling sores. A webbing of sallow skin stretched taut across its exposed and glistening muscle tissues. A multitude of corroded spikes secured much of the thing's ruined flesh to its demonic scaffolding of twisted, smoking bones. Tangles of eel-like shapes swung down from the back of the monster's head, a top-notch of clutching tubers each one terminating in a ravenous mouth, overfilled with gnashing and bleeding teeth. Most horribly, a collection of steel pikes played across the shoulders and down the curve of its back, like a forest of metal trees, hundreds of hapless men and women impaled, moaning and screaming upon them. I had no doubt about the origin of the creature. It had obviously been called forth by the same witches of science who created me and whose unending quest to own the power of nature respected no limits. This thing, however, clearly partook from no share of human stock. We paused for some time, contemplating the mystery of the other. Then, unexpectedly, its mouth opened with the crackle of snapping cartilage and the tearing of tender flesh. Its voice was the sum of countless painful screams, and I could feel the invisible prod of innumerable blades and hooks trying to work the flesh from my bones. The time had come for me to fight for my life, rather than my death. I decided to match fire with fire, and so I set free my own voice, and for the first time since my transformation, my intentions were fully conveyed through the means of my lethal speech. The death song poured from my hellish mouth, lashing the creature and the surrounding world with its annihilating light. The terrible starkness of it glowed paler and bleaker by the moment, further submerging the monster into my crushing aria, its collective scream becoming exclusively its own. Had my mouth been made for smiling rather than devouring and death-singing, I might have grinned as my enemy clutched its head and collapsed into the pile of blowing debris I had made of its surroundings. Yet I did not relent. 
I filled my bloodless fist with death light, and using it as a tuning fork, I channeled the burning light of my refrain into a blistering note of purest death. It seared into the soul of the monster, setting its spirit ablaze with obliterating song. The creature writhed in the ashes, the weeping sores covering its body now screeching and howling. Slowly, the demon outstretched a bony limb and gestured to me. It felt as if a great hand had taken all of me into its grip and proceeded to squeeze. The mounting force was incredible, causing nearby structures to tumble toward me as I'd become the center of all gravity. Before long, the entire world was falling upon me. Huge swaths of the earth pulled free of the ground, nearby buildings, vehicles, trees, and bridges. A crushing tomb of fused wreckage locked me away from the outside world, and I could feel my very soul being seized by invisible forces. I detected a hidden rhythm within the killing energy, a whispered secret built into the bones of its being, and I sang to it. I seized its essence in an awful grip of my own, a soul-destroying serenade scored from the stealing of its mystery. The deathlight began evaporating my prison, and soon my blinding song became the world. I exited the great tomb as if hatching from a blazing egg. The monster retreated from the swelling cornea of my song, fleeing the light of death, offering yet another opportunity for me to strike. Despite the primitivism of my impulse, I desired a more direct approach to the destruction of my foe. I launched across the broken battleground and laid my fist into the monster's exposed skull, creating thunder and sending the beast upon its own journey through the devastated city. My billowing cloak of flowing flesh caught the soaring thermals from a million fires, and I began to rise from the ground, my killing sounds rending a path through gravity and space. From the blackened sky, I could see the settling chaos of the monster's travels, where it finally reposed in pain and fire and smoke. It began to beckon the shadows, wrapping them around itself, hoping to vanish from sight. Singing in a voice I'd never known, I was absorbed into my own song, becoming an immaterial composition of sonic death and destruction. I filled the sky like a storm, replacing thunder with crescendo, exchanging lightning for deathlight. At last I crashed down upon the outsider, a spiraling climax of light and sound. Its body exploded into rushing streams of boiling black blood and flecks of cartilage and flaking bone. Before the creature's soul could depart the earth, I enveloped it within a gentle requiem, recreating its unclean spirit as a lone note within my darkening chorus. But I did not stop at the creature. I wanted to test my strength. I continued into the earth beneath the remains of the monster, singing the apocalypse. I could taste the end of all things filling the mouth of my widening lament. I'd only to swallow, and it would be all over. At some point, I calmed my voice and drew myself whole again from the living eulogy I had become. I was astonished by what I'd done. The city was gone, completely. Just the gray echoes of ash and smoke recalled the solidity of the vanished city. And yet beyond the smoke, falling back in near infinite lines of tank and soldier and zeppelin, from the banks of my destruction stood a sprawling army of man. They had come for the final battle. They seemed perched upon the very brink of attack, holding their fire until they knew I'd fully committed to the war to end all wars. Fear became the air they breathed, 
and I could hear countless hearts beating out a dissonance of darkest expectation. Yet I knew this wasn't the end. The universe concealed more monsters and catastrophes to come. My place in all of this was up to me, and I'd grown tired of chasing death. I walked to the edge of the gathered legions and waited, and then, creating a massive path leading out to the sea, the armies parted. I walked among the warriors and their weapons of destruction, my thunderous tread, the crackling fires, and the billow of my cloak the only sounds. When I reached the edge of the sea, I did not glance back, but only took my place within its depths. Whether I returned as destroyer or savior was a choice I'd leave to man. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.